You can journal all you want. You can green juice all you want. You can take as many supplements as you want. But if your nervous system is dysregulated, it's not going to have the effect that you're really wanting it to have. This is the Made for Living Well podcast, hosted by Alexa Sherm, the place to create a life well-lived. Welcome back to the Made for Living Well podcast. I am so pumped you're here. And today we have a very special interview where we're talking about how trauma affects your physical body and some key points on how to regulate your nervous system. My guest for today is Mandy Harvey. She specializes as a healing guide for high achieving, chronically stressed and perfectionistic women who are ready to replace chronic fatigue, stress and feelings of inadequacy with energy, peace, and confidence so they can live as their authentic selves. Mandy has an extraordinary story, which you're going to hear on today's podcast, of transforming her own life from devastating childhood trauma and a near-death experience to courageously facing and healing from the past, learning to embrace and stand in her authentic truth, and is on a mission to teach others that it is possible to do the same. You can learn more about Mandy at stopyourbrainbully.com or find her on Instagram at Mandy L. Harvey. I have so many questions to ask Mandy on today's show, but before we get there, I want to remind you, you can learn more about today's podcast and get the list of specific tips on how to heal your nervous system at thelivingwell.com. While you're there, don't forget to sign up for the weekly fill where you can learn more about my real life experience with healing And we're going to dive deeper into how to release emotions over there. Now, before we get to today's show, I do want to remind you of the sponsors for this podcast. The first one is Element. I've been talking about Element for the last couple of months. And honestly, it is a staple in my everyday life. I am not a huge supplement fan in general, but there are a few tried and true supplements that I take every single day. And Element is one of them. Partially because Element is full of essential minerals and electrolytes that our body needs, and they, we often tend to be deficient in. If we look across the board at the health of the whole, minerals are one of the big missing links that work across all cells to help your cells communicate and create the action and outcome that you desire. And Element provides all of that, and they're single-serve packets that you can just add to water, stir, and drink. Plus, they taste really good. The packets were specifically designed to contain the right ratio of sodium, potassium, and magnesium. Not to mention, most electrolyte drinks on the market today have so many added ingredients, processed colors, and sugars that they're really unhealthy for us. Yet we still need electrolytes, and that's why I love this clean version of a simple electrolyte drink that can make a world of difference in your own body. Plus, Element is giving you a chance to try every single flavor for free on them. You can get your free sample pack by heading to drinkelement, that's drinklmnt.com backslash made for living well, where you can grab that free sample pack and just hit up a few more boxes while you're at it. You're going to love it. And also one more thing before we get to today's show, I want to remind you The 2024 Nourish Planner is about to hit the shelves. I will be releasing all of the details in the coming weeks, so make sure you check back to the Living Well 
on the release of the 2024 Nourish Planner. Okay, that is it for the announcements. Let's get right to today's show and welcome Mandy. Welcome to the show, Mandy. Thank you so much for being on um, and coming to share your knowledge with us. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, we are going to talk about trauma today and how trauma is stored in the body. And this is a lesson that I bring up a lot in this space because we can talk about diet and exercise all day long. But as I know from going through my own journey with healing trauma, you can do all the right things and it doesn't matter if we have stored trauma. Can you tell us why this happens and why it's so hard to change if we have any form of trauma inside the body? Yes, absolutely. And you hit the the nail on the head there. Um, I heard a quote recently that uh, was something to the effect of, you know, you can journal all you want. You can green juice all you want. You can take as many supplements as you want, but if your nervous system is dysregulated, it's not going to have the effect that you're really wanting it to have. And we see that a lot. I see that a lot with uh, the people I work with and the the people I talk to. Um, the reason this happens is because when we experience trauma, well, first and foremost, you know, there are all sorts of different types of trauma. Uh, but in the realm of um, where I support and the realm of the work I do, I look a lot at a lot of the developmental trauma. This is trauma that we would have experienced early on in our life and often is um, relational trauma, the attachment traumas, not just the physical um, traumas that we might think about when we think of trauma, like abuse or neglect or death or things of that sort. But when we are at such a young age and we're still developing and we experience such a stress at such a young age, we, um, a, a couple of things happen. You know, we have this innate system in our body, our stress response system that activates when we are under threat or under stress. So our adrenals pump out the hormones, the cortisol, our body gets ready to do that innate response of fighting or fleeing or um, freezing, whatever it feels it's able to do. But as a child, sometimes in those early years, we may not have the ability to fight off the threat or run from the threat. And so what happens is our um, that trauma gets stored, it gets frozen in our psyche and in our bodies. And the other thing that happens is it changes our biology. All of a sudden, the genes that uh, are responsible for maintaining our stress response shift and evolve to accommodate such a large stress in the moment. And it actually changes the biology in a way where we now become stressed faster. It keeps us in that stress response on alert because we actually need that to survive in that moment. And over the years, we may not really realize that we're under that stress response all the time because it's just been our normal. We've been living in that kind of stress experience. And and then at a certain point, when we become older, our bodies start to uh, really get tired of being in that state all the time. And then that's when we start to see the the health effects uh, or the health results of that. Yeah, because in some ways, trauma will 
un- unhealed trauma will always make its way out of the body or uh-huh. try to. Yes. And it's not always in ways that we like it to. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it never is in the right moment when we think, oh, the, we never think this is going to be the day. Yeah. Take care of this. Uh-huh. We push it back because it's painful. We don't, you know, want to go through it again. And I totally get that experience. But the more we hide it, I like to think about it as mushrooms. The more we keep it in the dark, the bigger it grows. Mm. And the more likely it is to show up in very uncomfortable uh, ways in our lives, whether that's in our relationships or in our health or in uh, our finances or in other ways, it starts to really trickle out. Yeah. Yeah. You can see it in so many different ways. Now I have always like, you know, I think when I first started my own healing journey, I went to therapy thinking that we could just erase my trauma, like that I would get to a place where it would no (laughs) longer exist. And I think a lot of people think like, if I'm going to do this work, it better be gone. But that's not really how our biology works either. Can you explain what to expect with this? Because I think our under our idea of healing is very different than what healing actually means or how it manifests inside the body. A hundred percent. And I can relate to that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I also have had moments in my life where I'm like, I've been healing from my childhood since I was 14 years old. And mm. at the time I found myself in therapy, it was like, this better be it. Like yeah. I'm sure I've covered everything, <laughs> right? Like yeah. I literally have talked about this backwards and forwards, sideways, in and out. I have to have healed this, right? Mm -hmm. And um, it wasn't until my late 30s when I really started to see a different perspective of this. And the way that we experience trauma is through our nervous system. The way we experience life really is through our nervous system. But when we experience such trauma at a, at a young age, and perhaps if it's an ongoing trauma, whether that's div, uh, relational trauma where you have a um, relationship with a caregiver that makes you feel like you don't fit in or you don't belong and you're constantly being shamed, or if it's on the other side of the scale where you're experiencing abuse and neglect on a regular basis, Our body is constantly interpreting that experience and that environment. And so when we go to decide, which is a very courageous act to choose to heal, because we do at some level have to face what's happened, what's happening in our bodies. When we make that courageous decision, um, there is a, a or there's a myth rather that we're going to talk about it. We're going to go through this experience and it's going to be done. Well, the reality is our nervous system, when it's experienced that amount of stress, that amount of early stress, that amount of trauma, um, has a very shortened capacity. And so when we think about healing trauma, what we're really doing is we're really working with our nervous system and learning how to interpret how much capacity does my nervous system have to experience the opposite of what I'm experiencing right now. Meaning if I'm in constant stress, if I'm in constant overwhelm, if I have my chronic health issues, I'm in a stressed state in my body, I'm in an inflamed state, how how much resilience, how much capacity does my nervous system have to hold the opposite? 
of peace and calm and ease. And what often happens uh, when you start to work in that space of healing is um, our nervous system only has a, a shortened capacity and we can't heal. We can't go into the depths of the dark hole of the deepest, darkest trauma wounds and heal them in a three month session experience because our it, that would be so traumatic to our nervous system mm-hmm. yeah. that our nervous system would cinch up and mm-hmm. it would maybe overdrive into the fatigue, into the overwhelm, into the numbness that we might be experiencing. So when we heal, it's really about taking these micro steps to allowing our nervous system to feel the opposite of what we're experiencing in the moment, that peace, that calm, sitting there in that space and noticing what's happening in our body. How does our body respond to that? Does it want to go do something right away? Does it start to chatter in the mind? Do we start to get real anxious? That's a sign that our nervous system is not ready for anything more than there's just these small moments of of peace. And the more that we can hold that peace, the more we can then go into the space of okay, this thing is really irritating me or I'm feeling really stressed right now. So then we might be able to process that and be able to build in more capacity in our nervous system to hold the opposite of that. The more that we can build that capacity, the deeper we can go in that healing. So it's this real, it's a real journey in that healing work because what I have seen happen in my own experience and the people I work with is we have this idea of like, I know I have trauma. I know I have things to work with. I'm committing to go do that now. And I'm going to do it. So that's the story we have in our head, but the story in our body might be very different. The story in our body might be, I can't do that. I can't do that. The depths of that healing, I need to be gently walked through into that process before I can get there. And I think that's one of the things I know I was missing in my healing journey was really understanding that my head had a story, but that my body also had its own story. And in the healing process, I had to prioritize listening to that story mm-hmm. over what I thought was going to be the right choice. Yeah. And I think that's so powerful when you're linking, how do you feel it inside your body or how's your body feeling? Because like you said, I think our logical brain is like, okay, we can just power through this. We can just do it. And I want to get through it instead of like recognizing that there is that connection. And if that connection is misaligned, like you said, it's, it's more traumatizing or it almost feels like it's, it becomes impossible to heal, you know, like drag it along. Yeah. Is there a significance, I guess, to pinpointing what you're, where you're feeling and what you're feeling inside your body to the healing process? Yes, 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 yes. There is a significance to that. And that's, um, so I love the, I love parts work. I don't know if you're familiar with it. The internal family systems is um, the work. And it really highlights that when we experience trauma, when we have un, unresolved trauma, really what we are working with are these parts within us that became fragmented as a result of the trauma. And those fragmented parts um, get stuck in time based off of when that traumatic event happened. Um, that, That fragmented part, that part has its own nervous system patterns, has its own thought patterns, has its own 
belief patterns. So when we experience life and that that part gets triggered, it might be running, it might be driving the train, driving the car with our body. And that part is going to have its own thoughts, its own beliefs, its own anxiety, its own fears. So when we go to heal, recognizing where we're feeling things in our body helps us connect directly to those parts that have been fragmented. And then once we can align with, oh my gosh, I'm stressed all the time and I'm noticing the stresses in my stomach, mm-hmm. get bloated all the time. Oh, what is this? Yeah. And place our hand on that space and we can tune in and just sit with that for a minute and ask, what is happening? What's going on? area of my body. What do you need? Why are you so stressed? You know, I see you, I hear you, I understand. Once we can start to really connect with that, that location in our body, then we can start to uncover what is at the roots of that, of that um, negative feeling we might be having, that stress, that overwhelm, that panic, that fear we can start to really uh, connect with it at a way that helps us heal it at the root versus, you know, what I often see is we do things that are top down experiences. Like I'm going to do a meditation. I'm going to go do some yoga. I'm going to, you know, do, um, I'm going to drink a glass of water. Um, These are all things that are like top down approaches that might help us feel better. And they're all very valid. But when we're healing, we're actually a bottom-up individual, meaning we experience things through the nervous system up. So when we're healing, it's connecting to that location in our body that gives us the insight of, oh, I'm actually feeling really stressed right now because my boss yelled at me and made me feel like uh, I don't know what I'm doing. And that really makes this little part, this little inner me feel unseen or feel ashamed. And maybe there's a story behind that, that I experienced as a child. So once we have that, again, it takes us more to the path and the root of what's actually there that needs to be addressed and healed. Then we can add in the meditation or the yoga or the walking or whatever it is that can help support the healing. But Uh, It's important. The significance of our healing lies in our ability to make connection with our body. Yeah. And I think this is one of those things I think people can easily just like dismiss of like, I mean, it seems silly to talk to yourself about what you're feeling. (laughs) And I always tell people, I'm like, but we all want to be heard. So I think also our feelings also want us to hear them. But it does seem like, oh, there's got to be something else. Like, it's almost like so easy. I don't want to say it's easy, but it's so simple in a way that we want to complexify it because it can't just be paying attention to how I feel. Yeah. But there is that significance to acknowledging. And I think this is a step we so quickly overlook. Why is it so important to really quantify that feeling? Yeah. At a very core level, we all want to feel loved, seen, validated, accepted. And as a child, if that wasn't our experience, we probably never learned how to do that for ourselves. I know I didn't. The people that are I work with haven't either. And so I would say if 
one, if we don't know how to do that, that doesn't mean there's something wrong or bad with you. Uh, it definitely is not a skill we were taught. It was not a skill our parents probably knew. Um, but it's important to feel validated. It's important to validate our own experiences because there's a, a, level of, a level of settling and ease that starts to happen on our body when we feel seen. We are able to do that for ourselves, even. So a lot of the practice I teach is about where locating where I feel this emotion, these thoughts of I'm not good enough, I can't do this, I'm struggling, and I'm the things are never going to get better, whatever those thoughts are, and that anxiety that comes with them, locating it in the body, and then starting to have a conversation with it and validating, like, gosh. Imagine if that part was like a five-year-old little child who was feeling that way. Mm -hmm. We would automatically have compassion for that child and say, it's okay. I get why you're feeling that way. I'm sorry you're feeling that way. Know that that's not the truth. Know that you are worthy. Know that you are loved. We would do that more easily than what we can do for ourselves most likely because we weren't taught that or we were shamed to uh, we were shamed when we felt emotion or negative other things. And so in the act of validating, we are actually um, helping to soothe those wounds and settle the nervous system into a place of safety. When we don't feel seen, when, when we don't feel heard, when we don't feel validated, those are all core things that we need. If we don't have them, we start to feel unsafe. Our ground starts to crumble and we start to feel unsafe in our own being. And that's why it's such an important part of our healing process is learning how to validate what we're feeling. Yeah. And then what's the process of releasing it? So like when we talk to it and acknowledge it and understand it, there's there's a line between accepting that as reality, maybe even sometimes justifying that and letting it move out of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how do we how do we not get ourselves so tangled up in that 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 becomes the ultimate truth and we start to move into a healthier truth? Yes. So I think um what I'm hearing you say and what what it means for me is this identity piece of like mm. I'm going to identify with my past Versus identifying with someone who can heal from my past Mm -hmm. forward. Um, And I definitely have experienced that in my own healing journey where for years it was like I would go to talk therapy and be like, this is just me. Like every every five to 10 years, I'm back in therapy, you know, like this is, this is who I am. And the reality is that's not who I am. I've been able to do a significant amount of healing and heal from that experience and build into and, you know, grow into a new person, a new identity where I am healed. I'm no longer that person who needs to go to therapy all the time. Um, So there's an identity piece with that. But I think um, when we are going through that process of healing and let's just like micro land on uh, an, an emotion, if we have a strong emotion that we're experiencing, let's say it's shame around, I don't feel good enough, um, or it's anxiety because I feel like I have to be perfect and I can't take the actions I need to take. Emotions often move through our body within about 90 seconds or so if we allow them to just be, if we give them space versus resist, um, they will often move through our body. So if we 
place attention on where am I feeling this emotion in my body right now? And I can just hold my inner vision. If I I close my eyes or I can think about that spot in my body and just let that emotion be there, there will be a peak to that emotion and then it'll start to calm back down. So in those micro moments, I would say giving you time and space to just feel, to allow that to be there. I know it's uncomfortable and it's scary and it's painful and a little worrisome about how's this going to work. We don't we don't get stuck there if we give it time to move through. And often we get insight into what's happening behind the scenes or under the uh, under the surface with that emotion when we give it space and we put attention to it. In terms of the healing process in general, um, when we are allowing the process of healing to occur and we're wanting, if we have this intention to move this experience through our body and heal and grow into the next version of us, then, then we start talking about that identity. So I think it's really important anytime we're, whether it's health related or healing related or something else, uh, I think it's really important to identify what is my, um, what is my healing story? What is my new healing story today? What do I want to align to that will, that is my truth that I know can be my truth today in the future. So my healing story might be Yes, I have experienced these things, but I know that I am strong and I'm resilient and I'm capable of healing because I am capable. I have gotten here today. I'm capable of healing and I'm doing the work and I'm healing every day Um, or whatever that story sounds like for you. But in in writing out what is your healing story and, and reading that every day, acknowledging it as this is my truth. Uh, doing what you can to embody that story. And then as you're going through the healing process, you can always refer back. You can even voice note it to yourself, you know, record yourself saying this oh, yeah. story mm-hmm. and listen to it as you're in the depths of the healing that where you might feel uncomfortable and you might feel like, oh, am I ever going to get through this? You can go back to that healing story and remind yourself, this is my new identity. My identity is someone who can go through this work, who can heal and who can thrive afterwards. Mm. Um, So I think that's an important part, uh, an extra step to make in that process. Yeah. And I love that advice. I remember when I was kind of, again, in my own healing journey, feeling like I had all these labels and diseases. And like, I feel like I had to get to that point where I was like, do I even want to be well? Like, do I want it? And do I believe I it's yes. possible? And that was game changer for me. And I think, you know, as people are listening, like so many people have diseases and illnesses and pains that they can't get rid of. And, and it's hard to conceptualize, I think, until you've started the process that there is such an emotional hold to those things. You know, like if we can start to heal from some of these emotional wounds, we can start to see some of these pains lessen. Can yeah. you explain like even through your own story, how that has played out for you? Because I think sometimes just hearing stories about this makes it more real than just something that's been done to you. Yeah. And it's forever, you know, yeah. like there's, our body has so much capability to heal. It wants to heal. It so what does. Is this like, like, yeah. 
Our bodies are brilliant healers. Yes. <laughs> they really are. Don't give them enough credit. That's for no. sure. No, let's all just like thank the body. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Our bodies are amazing healers. Um, yeah, you know, my story, I had a very traumatic childhood. I was, um, I always say I was born into trauma, mm. meaning yeah. my mother was a single parent and living through her own trauma wounds. And um, what that meant was men, um, boyfriends, husbands, divorces, all the things, men were kind of in and out of our home. And the majority of them weren't very healthy. They were very toxic and abusive. And often I was the end, I was the one that got the brunt of that abuse. So for me, that was sexual abuse, emotional neglect um, that I experienced in childhood. And at the age of 14, uh, my mom and the man that she was married to uh, took their lives um, because I had communicated. I told someone at school the abuse that I was going through and social workers got involved. And um, he was a police officer. <clears throat> he would have gone to jail. She would have gone to jail. They both knew what was happening. Um, so at the age of 14, uh, my life really imploded. Um, and it was not just a loss of my mother, not just a loss of the home that I lived in, but, you know, from the school I went to, the location I lived, everything absolutely changed in my life. And there was a big belief that really kind of got staked into my system at that point in time, which was, I can't make good decisions. I'm a bad decision maker. Listening to my intuition is bad and wrong. And it results in this catastrophic mm. failure, loss. Mm. You know, you I, on yourself. Yeah. Mm. Yes. I, you know, we as children, we take on the things around us as if they're our own. Um, that's a very natural thing for survival. But for me, it was I just had made this decision to tell someone at school which then, you know, spiraled and snowballed into my mom taking her life. And so that was a very, very strong pattern in my body of like, oh, I, I can't make decisions for myself. And the way that happened, obviously, after I was in therapy and um, I was um, in I was, it was about a year and a half into therapy. I was doing EMDR and um, got to a point where I was like, I can't talk about this anymore. I can't think about this anymore. It was like, I had gotten to a point where I got very depressed, very at the end of my rope and attempted to take my own life. And I had a near death experience um, throughout that process. And for me, that's when the, the healing started. Although as a 14, 15 year old, I wouldn't have noticed or recognized it then. Yeah. <laughs> but I was diagnosed with PTSD and placed in a mental hospital for a period of time where I was put on medication and I was went through some rigorous uh, um, healing and therapy and all the things. But as I became an adult, you know, at, at the age of 18, I graduated high school. I graduated all the therapy. They were like, you know, you're good go live your life. I thought I had that moment of like, cool, I'm done. I don't have to ever think about this again. I'm going to live my life. Um, 
But what happened as I became an adult was that my belief, that that inner deep belief of like, I can't make decisions for myself really showed up as I became a young adult. I would look to others to tell me what to do with my life, to my partners to tell me what jobs to take or, you know, what clothes to wear, what cars to buy, like literally outsourced every decision of my life because I was so deeply afraid that I would make a mistake. And over time, what happens is you start living your life in that way through someone else's lens, right? You're no longer living through your, what's what's important for you, what matters for you. I was a chronic people pleaser. I was a chronic self-avoidant individual, never knew, never wanted to know what I was feeling, never wanted to prioritize myself because I felt like if I prioritize everyone else, then life will be safe and okay and things will be fine. And self-abandonment, I think, is one of those things that really starts to deteriorate our health and our vitality because we're no longer living our life. We're living someone else's life. So my health got really bad. Um, I had a couple children and through the process of a couple children, my health started to decline. Stress started to increase. I started to uh, get autoimmune diseases and it was like no longer had the vitality and the mental capacity to handle much. Um, And through those years, uh, early adult years, I was in therapy in and out thinking, okay, I got to figure this out. I'm, you know, it was just like, kind of like, what can I do to, to, you know, just keep moving forward, never really knowing what was really lying underneath until my daughter was, um, she was like four or five around the time. And she is my greatest teacher in terms of emotions. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so as a, as a trauma survivor, one of the emotions I never felt was anger. Mm. I always kept that down and thought I am the coolest, like superhuman ever because I never get mad at anything. I can just be cool as a cucumber and I'll handle life and it'll be fine. My daughter had this beautiful range that we all enter the world with of like feeling just joy and bliss. And then on the other side of that scale, anger and rage. And I would try so hard when she would be angry and rageful to not get her to that point. What can I do? What do you need? Can I give you something? So you're quiet, you know, because it was I didn't know that at the time, but it was so irritating to my system because I never would allow myself to feel that. She, there was one night in particular that really pushed me over the edge and got me into really addressing this. And that was, she was having this epic temper tantrum like she normally always did. And over something silly, like, no, you can't have ice cream before dinner or whatever it is. And my back was to her and I'm washing the dishes And I could literally, this was the first time it ever happened to me, but I could feel this like wave of fire move through my body, like from my toes all the way up. I could feel it in my chest and my stomach and my neck and my face was getting hot. And I can remember just thinking she needs to just shut up, shut up, shut up. I can't take this, you know, end of the work day. I was stressed. 
couldn't take it, couldn't take it. And she's screaming at the top of her lungs. And I was washing a glass and I turned around and I threw it at her feet. She was sitting in a chair. I threw it at her feet and I just screamed, shut up, shut up. And she cried. And I looked at her face and I could just see this terror in her eyes because mom never did that. Yeah. Yeah. I felt awful. I felt like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? Why did I just do this? There's glass everywhere. You know, I'm picking up these pieces, bawling, and she's crying. Like, she's saying, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you upset. I'm a bad person. I'm sorry. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, what is something is happening? Something in me is going on, and I have no idea what this is. And that's really what catapulted me into going to a somatic experiencing uh, therapist who really taught me how to connect with the emotions I was feeling in my body and uh, really helped me understand how to navigate those intense emotional waves and start to build capacity in my body to feel that anger that I had suppressed for, you know, almost 40 years or 30 years rather. Um, And so that really is what set me down that path of healing. But in terms of that healing process, as I gained more agency over my body, as I gained more agency over my healing process, I started to take back ownership over my decisions and started to learn how to trust my intuition again and realize that that belief that I had taken on, you know, after my mom took her life was not true. Mm. That it wasn't my, I made the right decision. I never needed to own that, that what her decision was, was her decision. Mm -hmm. And I had, but I couldn't see that until I started to make connection with my body and realize that I had all these things kind of coupled together in my system, you know, decision-making and fear, decision-making and panic. And they all lived in my body and they were you know, my health was, my body was, you know, waving the white flag, like, listen, lady, you know, yeah, right. (laughs) Listen, your body, you know, my thyroid was plummeting, you know, like everything was just out of control in my body. And, And then as I did that healing, my health got better and my ability to communicate my needs got better. My ability to be confident in my decision making got better. And then eventually that identity shifted. I was no longer the person who was living with a traumatic past. I was someone who healed mm. from the traumatic past and can move on and live the life that I wanted. Mm-hmm. First, I want to say it's so brave that you share the story and like are letting people glimpse at that because I think sometimes it's so often it's so easy just to suppress and not vocalize the pain that we've experienced and the pain that comes out of us because there is a shame level that has been self-created or put on us or whatever. Um, So thank you for sharing that. I want to take a brief break from this podcast to remind you of the sponsors for the show, one of them being Element. Now, I love Element. You know that. I take it every single day, but I really want to fill you in on the reason why Element is so important for you. Inside of our body, as you know, we are electrical beings, 
And the electrical current that's passed through our body creates the outcome we experience. Now, unfortunately, and unhealth, and part of the reason people feel so exhausted is because we don't have the right communicators or currents that are available to open up the flow of energy so that our cells can become energy generators. And one of the crucial elements is minerals. Electrolytes are essentially charged minerals that conduct electricity to power your nervous system. They also help regulate a number of processes, including hydration, yes, but so many other processes like your hormonal flow that is going to help create a sense of safety inside your system. We need minerals, and yet so many people are deficient in them. It sounds silly, but we really are working at a mineral deficit. And one simple way to ensure that you're getting the minerals that you need is by taking a daily dose of Element. It is delicious. It supplies the right ratio of magnesium, potassium, and sodium to up-level the current of energy inside your body. So you become an energy generator, not a conserver, and I promise it's going to generate a better result. Now, Element is willing to give you a free sample pack that includes one of every flavor, And you can grab that at drinkelement.com. Again, that's drinklmnt.com backslash made for living well. Go check them out after you finish listening to the show. I feel like there's so much relation to, I think that people can grasp onto of just recognizing like how much we try so hard to be that good person, to do all of the right things. And yet it still kind of crumples out of us. And like, I think it proves just how much work and energy it takes to hold on to these things Yes, yes. and how much you push your body. And like you said, like just creating that space, letting those things out creates that space for you to have more control. Yes. Yes. Like that level of energy that has to go into this. Can you just like talk, touch on that and like sheer work that your body is going to, to protect you is just mind boggling. It really is. It's like every ounce of energy within our body, every cell within our body, you know, really has to work overtime to hold and hold these things that we're repressing in us. Um, the, uh, Emotions like shame, especially shame, anger, uh, when they are held within our bodies is like a toxin. Mm -hmm. You know, similar, I see it similarly to, you know, eating foods that are, you know, inflammatory for each one whether that's gluten or dairy or nuts or whatever it is, right? Um, When we're consuming that over and over again, our body starts to get inflamed and it has to work harder to manage that toxic element within our body. So we might be, our body might innately be stealing resources from, you know, our hormones or might be stealing resources from our gut health or our immune system to maintain the level of energy required to keep that toxin in the body. But the more that we start to just show up and say, okay, I see this emotion. I see this anger that's in my body that really needs to come out. I'm just going to sit here for a minute and let it be here. 
it'll it'll crust it'll it'll get really big and then it'll start to come down um and then the more we're able to sit with that the more we're able to then release it out of our cells and release it out of our body our body's like okay no longer is there a toxic element here i can start to prioritize going back to, you know, managing my thyroid or managing my, you know, immune cells or, you know, healing my gut. Um, But our body has to reprioritize its resources around that toxic element that we keep repressing. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like I said, with mushrooms, the more we keep mushrooms dark, the bigger they grow. It's the same with when we repress these experiences and emotions, the bigger they grow in our body, the more they take over our resources. And then, you know, we start to experience um, not just our health, but, you know, trauma affects our, our beliefs, our biology, and our health starts to get overwhelmed in this space. And we start to believe, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm never going to be healthy. This is always going to my life. Right. Um, so we, mm-hmm. and our behavior, our behavior was the other one. Our behavior might show up as I want to be healthy, but every time I go to buy that program or eat that food or buy that supplement, I don't actually follow through with it because underlying, I don't believe that I'm worthy of that healing. And my body is so overwhelmed in this toxic state with these repressed emotions that it doesn't even have the capacity to open up to some of that. So it's this endless loop and cycle when we start to repress that, that our body really takes, takes the hit. Yeah. So now that you are on the other side of healing that, do you feel fear when you experience anger or do you like, is it scary for you or do you, which adds emotions? I know I'm emotion stacking here. I think, you know, feelings are scary for a lot of people. And they, we've been told sometimes even that they're wrong and that we shouldn't feel these things. And so it does create some confusion. So as you, I mean, for you, you had to experience more emotions than just allowing yourself to feel anger. Oh, for sure. It was feeling, it was, I don't know how many, so I use the language of reprogramming. Mm-hmm. So reprogramming the um, parts, reprogramming the beliefs, reprogramming the old story of who I was in this trauma state. Every time I reprogrammed something, it was a different level of shame or a different level of this little inner Mandy that was scared that was, you know, worried for her life that was ashamed or whatever other feelings. So I felt the, the gamut of emotions in my healing. Um, and the, the more I did it, the easier it became to notice when it was coming up, when an emotion was coming up and I had the tools in my back pocket to be like, oh, I see this. I remember this pattern. I can sit with this. I know what I need to do. I know what I need to say. I, and I know how long it takes. I know, you know, like I had a general sense for how to approach it as it showed up today. I still have things I'm healing. I mean, like we talked about at the beginning, when our nervous system doesn't have a lot of capacity, we can't go deep down into the trenches, of those deep wounds. Today, I have a lot of capacity in my nervous system to hold some really deep, dark things. So even just in this last year, I've been healing 
some father wounds, some mother wounds, some attachment wounds that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. (laughs) To be honest, right? But I never would have been able to heal those the way I have this last year um, when I was 14. My Mm. body just would never have been able to. It was Mm -hmm. too painful, too much. But now I have the tools that I can now work through that rather quickly. And I say easily, but you know, I'm not stumbling through the process. I've done this enough that I can get through it and know I can get to the other side. So I am not afraid of emotion. I let it come up. I know all emotions are really good. All emotions are teachers, I believe. They're really giving us some insight into what it is we need to work on in this moment. Um, even if it's joy, I think those are teaching moments too. Like how much can I sit with this space in joy and feel like I'm worthy of sitting here in joy? You know, sometimes that's not so easy for us. So yeah, today I can feel all of them with, um, relative ease. There's no fear about an emotion coming up because I have done this enough where I know the process and I can manage it. Right. That's the power of growth of not arriving so much as living the process of it and growing through it. Now, of course, you know, everyone's wondering like, what, what can we do? Like so much of this is about our nervous system, about releasing, acknowledging, releasing, but what are some like a practical tips you would give someone who's like, okay, we need to work through some of this. Yeah. First and foremost, I think awareness is a big, big key. So if we have the awareness of like, oh, I need to work on this. Spend time in that space of, you know, whatever I need to work on this, whatever that this is, how does this show up in your life? How does it make you feel? When, when, when do you feel the worst with it? Um, You know, start to build awareness around how it shows up in your life and what you feel as a result of it. Um, Sometimes too, it it can be good to reflect on, you know, in a week's time or a month's time, like how many times did I self-abandon myself? Mm. How many times did I not speak up for what I needed, you know, and how did that show up and why didn't I do it? And kind of get curious without judgment, but just curious about like, how is this affecting my life? what are the patterns and the behaviors that come up as a result? Am I not speaking my truth? Am I prioritizing everyone else? Um, Do I have fear around, you know, showing up as myself? Those sorts of things I think are really important. So that awareness step, I think is really huge. And I think sometimes we want to just skip over it, (laughs) but it's really important. Like, where do I feel this in my body? What's the awareness with my body in this thing that I really want to heal. Um, and the nervous system regulation techniques I think are really important too, because healing happens when we're able to create safety in the body. Don't feel we're not able to fully integrate that healing. So finding ways in which to create safety in your nervous system, uh, whether that's doing some vagal toning techniques, humming, gargling, singing, um, anytime you're, you know, using your vocal cords uh, to help stimulate and vibrate, create some vibration in your vagus nerve can help to create some um, sensations of calm and ease in the body nervous system regulation, things like, you know, tapping into your five senses, 
this was so huge for me when I first started really committing to my healing. I had no idea that my mind was always somewhere else. And so anytime I was feeling stressed or overwhelmed, I would remember, oh, the five senses. Okay, what do I hear? What do I smell? What do I taste? What do I touch? You know, just starting to pull myself back into these moments of like, yeah, present mm-hmm. helped me understand the the brevity of the situation. Yeah. How dysregulated I really was. We all have things that feel good for us, meditation or yoga or getting outside. Um, I highly encourage everyone to get outside to some degree um, in regulating their nervous system and using the earth to ground. A lot of times um, we, we think we have to figure it out on our own and the earth is really good at alchemizing. And if we want to get to a place where we can place our hands on the ground and just set the intention to surrender what we're feeling. The earth is really good at taking that, alchemizing it and sending back to us those peaceful, calm feelings and sensations that can help give us some clarity on the next step we need to take in our healing. Um, So I think there are things that we can do individually, but I also think that when we're on our healing journey, having someone there, um, as a practitioner to support is also very important because we can't always see our blind spots. You know, we can't, we can't hold space for ourselves in a way if that someone else can, who's trained to do that. If we've never been trained to do that before, we can't just know how to do that. So I do think um, in addition to the things we can do individually, that there is a need to really seek support from someone who is trauma-informed, who understands the body, um, the somatic connection that can help you hold space for you in a greater way to help create a space of healing that you can't do it on your own. Those are all so good. And I feel like this is work that probably every human really does need to do at some level. I think every human is traumatized to some degree. Um, It's part of the human experience, right? But it also builds resiliency. I was thinking about this with my own children and like always fearing, you know, like, oh my gosh, how am I going to hurt them? Or, you know, what am I going to do that's going to cause trauma to them? And I think we, we exist in a world that overprotecting in some degree. And I think that there's a healthy balance to that too, right? Of how do we, how do we raise humans that are both healthy and resilient? You know, like where's that balance in there of, I think that there's a world, you know, like this anti-trigger warning world where, you know, we're, we're always triggered by little things and that triggering creates that stress response. And, and I'm saying we can be triggered by big things too. Right. And, and there is that level, but like, where is that resiliency that says we can sit in hard things and work through that? Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think you hit it. You, I'm glad you said it because I also had that thought of like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to traumatize my children. Yeah, I do. Yeah. But I really shifted that mindset to, how can I hold space? How can I learn to hold space for my children to just be themselves, to process their emotions, to live in a world where they, to your point, have resilience. And I, I love that shift in perspective because it feels more expansive and open when I'm saying, how can I create the space for them versus 
how can I prevent them from trauma, right? Like that makes, yeah, yeah. We're always like caging them up instead of like kind of like opening them up to the world. I think that we're more able to do that, more easily able to hold space for our children and create that environment of resilience when we do the work for ourselves first. Because when we're triggered, we can't, we can't process through that, you know? I can't process someone else's emotions if I can't even process my own. (laughs) Everyone triggers me then. (laughs) Totally. I remember seeing this shift for me with my daughter. Remember, I had that big moment with her when she was young. After doing all this work, she still has these moments where she gets overwhelmed in her emotions and she's, you know, upset or, or angry or lashing out. And I used to do everything I could to prevent her from doing that. And now because I've held enough space for myself, I can sit with her and be like, I understand what, what this process is. So I'm just going to let her be that way, but I'm going to sit here next to her and just know that she's not alone. And inevitably every time she hits that peak of her emotional experience, and then it starts to come down and then we can have a conversation and she tells me how she's feeling and we can hug and we can, you know, process it at that level. But yeah, I think, you know, creating communities where we are able to hold space for others, whether that's a community in our home or in our family or with our friends or, you know, in our towns that we live in, I think is really important because um, I think it does more than just offer healing. I think it helps to raise the level of community and support and love in a very in a very yeah. big way. It, it, like you said, it allows people to experience the feelings that they're feeling without us feeling like yeah. we need to dictate or direct the feelings, which takes a whole scope of your own vulnerability and bravery to do that because yeah. it is hard. But one thing that I... W- learned in my process was that everyone experiences emotions differently. So pain is pain, Mm -hmm. but how you experience pain or what you perceive as pain is going to be different than what I do. So not making the assumption that you understand what someone's going through, but just being able to sit with them, like you said, and hold space for them without trying to transform that emotion into something that fits your profile or fits your safety. (laughs) But that's hard, but I think it also is just starting to do it. You know, like it's not having all the right plans in place. And like, you know, like I think on some level healing is also just attempting. It's doing the things, even if it's not perfect right away. Um, Yeah. We're, I think we're always, for me, anyhow, I see it as we're always in a constant state mm -hmm. of healing if we're on a healing journey and we don't have to be completely healed healed to experience life in a positive way Mm -hmm. or to, you know, take the next step that we want to take. We don't have to, there's no milestone that we have to like reach, like, you know, we're, I think we're doing this Mm -hmm. in parallel, you know, and there are moments where the healing maybe takes over more than in others, you know, but I think it, it, it's just, as always the case where we're constantly learning more about ourselves. And I mean, I think those words are just powerful even to end on here is to say like, you don't have to be healed to live. Like there's so much power and just knowing that, um, that there's not a perfect destination. I feel like I could have these conversations all day, but I know for the sake of time, We can't, but I so appreciate you being here, being willing to share your story and just 
kind of guide us and open us up to see this emotional healing in a different way. So I know everyone's going to be wondering where we can learn more about you and the work that you do. So can you fill us in about that? Yeah, well, the best place would be at um, stopyourbrainbully.com. There I do have a free gift um, that you can check out and um, get a little opportunity to hear from me. Uh, It's a a mini course, so you get more than just a workbook, um, but that's a great place to start. And then also I'm on Instagram at mandylharvey.com. So I have content always there and kind of behind the scenes stuff happening on there. Well, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your wisdom with us. I so appreciate it. I will make sure and link all of that up in the show notes, Um, but thank you again so much for being on. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much. It was such an honor and I'm sending everyone loads of love and healing. Mandy is a wealth of knowledge and I am so proud of her for sharing her story and for letting us in on her journey of healing. It is never easy, but it is a hundred percent worth it. And the reason we share this is so that you can also go on your journey of healing of releasing those emotions that hold you back and old trauma that keeps repeating itself in your life. And ultimately to walk in the freedom of understanding how to regulate yourself and open up space to fully live. Again, make sure you check out all the work Mandy does on her Instagram page and her website, and then head to the living well where you can learn more. That is it for today's podcast, but I will be back here next week with a brand new episode. I'll see you then.